Welcome back to another episode of the Exterminatus Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. we got a full crew tonight. To my internet left, we have Robert. Hi. And to my internet net right, we have Raymond. A uh, quick 15 seconds behind. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like I have fate we were uh, working with. They got one guy's eyes are to the future, one guy's eyes are in the past. Extra credit if you can guess which one's oh, which. There you go. So we've got a lot going on. So first thing, um, it's been an interesting year in general for 40K. We got 10th edition dropped to us on the summertime, but also um, model of the year has been dropped on us as well. And I was curious, who do you guys are voting for? Well, I didn't vote because my model is model of the year. So I win. Nice. <laughs> Some of these I'm kind of, I had to say, it was like, oh, these are kind of neat. And then I scrolled down and they had previous year's winners. I'm like, wow, this is kind of a disappointing year. I, I just didn't feel like any of these models were particularly as wow factors, say like a Bellacore or the updated Avatar of Kane. I just, maybe I'm just being selfish. <laughs> that's why I, I mean, I voted. <laughs> yeah, that's why I went with myself, Eric. Yeah. So in case you're wondering, from a 40k standpoint, you've got Angron, uh, Luther, not Luther, nice, that the, the lion, <laughs> my inner fallen came out on that one, uh, the new Screamer Killer, Farsight, the Serastus, is that the Serastus Knight, or Stagget, I don't remember, it's one of the four Twelve Knights, the mate in plastic, I'm kind of like, it's a redo, how is that a new model? And the, I'm assuming the Lancer? It's the tall, scaggly guy with the wire-looking shield. That's the Lancer. Yeah, that's the Lancer. Okay, I hate that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then last but not least, the new Necron Lord. It's like phasing in and out of resistance. And of course, your choice if the uh, Christmas Gabo is either a 40k or Age of Sigmar model. I mean, I'm biased. I love the little goblin, but... To me, the god, the model is is okay. It's the paint job that puts it over the top. <laughs> so, it, just on a model standpoint, I'm kind of meh. And like I can tell, the knight to me is just it's just a redo. It's not really a new model. It's been around for a while. They really didn't make any major changes to it. Um, Farsight's pretty cool, but it's, isn't this like the fifth time we've gotten Farsight? Mm. So I hate to say, I think my vote would probably go to either Angron or I might throw one on an Age of Sigmar model. So. I mean, I'm just not going to vote. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to abstain this year. So anyway, there we go. So if you haven't had a chance to vote yet, head, head on over to uh, Warhammer Community and cast your vote. I voted for the Overlord, just saying. Did you? Okay. I was surprised when you told me he's only got like five pieces yeah. to, to uh -huh. assemble. <laughs> On the whole, he's actually very simple. I find that very encouraging because when I look at that model, I'm going like, yeah, let me block out a weekend to put him together. <laughs> uh, nowhere near that bad. And then or Ray maybe he's... How many wraiths I own? You know, kind of like, how many willing to part with? And I'm like, hmm... I got about $120 each. <laughs> well, I know the collection that I traded off to you, sir, had roughly about six, 
either six or twelve of them. Okay. Yeah, have they to just get. <laughs> yeah, um, the need rebasing because their base went up a size so oh. okay i have a look at it i know just i'm curious to see once the the new codex actually sees tournament play which we'll probably see right after the holidays it seems like the rates are the uh unit to have in the new list fun mm-hmm. fact at least one of the tournaments this weekend used it interesting we'll have to cover that one all right well, let's dive into it then. Let's take a look at this weekend's events. Got a few to look at. You want me to tackle the Swedish one first? Yeah, so that way we get that one out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so I volunteered for this one because I just love... Read, it reads like the cast of Vikings here. So anyway, this would be the uh, Grimdark AT Grand Tournament 4. So this is like the fourth sequel of the 18th episode. I, I don't know, but um, the numbering system is very interesting to me. But some very interesting model or these factions in the top five. So in fifth place, uh, Jesper Unanderscharen. Uh, he came in fifth with Chaos Space Marines. In fourth place, Fielding Orcs. I don't know how this guy is in Sweden, but his name is Juan Manuel Sanchez Molina. Guy gets around. Okay. Talk about people traveling for events. There you go. Uh, third place was Frank Kummel with Adeptus Mechanicus. Yeah, Admech in top three. Look at that. Johan Norman uh, with Black Templars in second. He went undefeated uh, with four wins and a tie. But the winner, going for perfect 5 0, was Sebastian Larson with Chaos Knights. Chaos Knights! How does this happen? <laughs> Well, I mean, with the look at his list, it's exactly what you would expect to see nowadays. Uh, Chaos Knights very, went back to the mantra of last edition where you run as many dogs as you can because dogs are just kind of amazing. You think, is it dogs still remain amazing or is it, as Ray asked a great question earlier in the week. Are people adopting the GW terrain? And the answer is yes. It seems to be much more prevalent than anyone would have thought. And number two, do vehicles get around? You think it's because the big knights just can't get around the board? Yeah, that's probably one reason. Okay. Because the the strats for Chaos Knights work better on the little knights because it's meant to be like a pack of wolves hunting something. Okay. Whereas the big knights are, we steal all the glory and we let you down because we didn't one-shot a repulsor. Ah. Because yeah, I thought maybe... Well, be... I, think it, it, I do think it's a little bit more than that. Um, when it comes to Chaos Knights, there's uh, not a whole lot of symmetry from model to model. So if you look at the Imperial Knights... There's the bondsman ability. So having been big knights allows you to kind of boost your little knights. You don't see any you don't see the same kind of level of um boosting when it comes to having big knights with your war dogs for chaos. Mm-hmm. And that's very much what happened last edition too, because people settled on House Vextrix because they got to reroll a hit and a wound for every single dog. So it was 
yeah, no, we'll just get a whole, we'll just get solid rerolls. We won't have to worry about any auras outside of the Helm of Dogs. And yeah, it just kind of worked because you could be in a lot more places at once with carnivores moving 14 inches. And now in 10th edition, sure, we get a little bit less of them, but his list was still six brigands, two huntsmans, three carnivores, and a stalker. Also, the war dogs are more versatile because there's three more kinds. Yeah. So it's... I know I'm biased. I like showing off my big stompy robots and making all the cool sound effects where I when I shoot my big laser destroyer things, but in competitive format, yeah. Um, the the competitive knights want to run as many dogs as possible because, yeah, a lot more weapon choices and a lot better at playing the objective game when you're not sinking 400 plus points into a single model. Yeah. Oh, and then let's not forget the four units of Nurglings. Mm-hmm. It seems like Chaos uh, Demons has been relegated to the support faction. Well, I mean, good for them, because I've played against Demons before with my Chaos Knights only once so far in this edition, and Bellicor shouldn't make everything have lone operative within 18 inches. That's really, really dumb. They get some craziness out there. But otherwise, um, I think it's neat to see Admech and Orcs in this top five because, yeah, Orcs don't really, they only pop up randomly. They're never really consistent in this edition right now. They're still pretty strong, though. I think they, they kind of the right pilot can really move them. And um, we talked about Sean Needs this last week. I mean, characters just come in and rip you apart. (laughs) Yeah. And then I think this is the first event that we get to see the new Adamek running around. I believe it is. Yeah, they came out the same time as the Necron Codex. So yeah, so let's take a look at what he's got. Um, I believe the initial detachment is the Rad Zone Corpse. What it says. Wow. <coughs> Keep it to the classics. Yeah. So it's Triple Dominus, a Manipulus, an Archaeologist, some Vanguard, some Dune Riders, 20 Electro Priests. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, and then a single Iron Strider. 12 breachers <laughs> and then two units of sky stalkers and then three individual four individual Sidonian dragoons two of them with Gisales and two of them with Taser lances hmm. well once again those models seem to be the must haves for the list and um, seen that a lot in other admech lists. Of course, they're impossible to find right now. So, yeah, I, I definitely think the backbones of this list are the single model units, like the dragoons or the iron strider, because they're all sixty points or less. So they're super easy to keep off the board, which then allows you to have the infant the 
infantry-esque units like the Breachers and the Electro Priests able to kind of hide on the table. Okay. I didn't think of it that way, but it's, yeah, when you mention it that way, it makes sense. Yeah, because the, the three Dune Riders carry both units of Electro Priests and then one unit of Vanguard and the corresponding characters. The Breachers are too big, I think, to go into the Dune Riders. And then on top of strategic reserving the Dragoons and the Iron Strider, you can deep strike the Taraxi. Interesting. Okay. So in a game of knowledge with um, fixed secondaries like cleanse or behind enemy lines or engage in all fronts, this army has effectively two waves of guys that get to show up and be in corners that your opponent can't cover the whole table for. Yeah. One thing I, That's the way I picture it. Working. Yeah. And if I remember right from the codex, you, you get all kinds of bonuses if you're near battle line units. Or not so much bonuses, but your bonuses get it. Like you can use things twice instead of once per, per activation or something like that. Something like that, I think. I also know some of the, like, one of the units is either Vanguard or the Electro Priests reduces the OC value of the opponent. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a sneaky way to steal objectives. Yeah. So it'll be exciting to see them pop up a little bit more often now. No, I'm excited. Until I look at someone who brought nine Iron Striders and literally just last cannons me to death. But. Yeah, that's what I am worried about. Uh, those that list comes back. The the fifteen breachers is pretty funny though. That, that, that's I find that amusing. <laughs> well, I mean, there's either fifteen breachers or you just go whole hog and you do eighteen breachers. Right. <laughs> which I'll chat about that idea once we finish the events here, which we will venture on back to the U.S. and we'll land in Texas because you know biggest landmass and whatnot for the rise of the empire a solid 101 players if my math is right looks good enough to me yeah let's make sure you show your work at the bottom of the paper well it's kind of hard to draw on a computer screen for everyone Eric. <laughs> so the top five rounded out to be russell tassin with chaos space marines and then Carmine Batista with Eldar in fourth place. Noah Pope again with Eldar in third place. In second place was Justin Moore with Chaos Space Marines. We almost held, we have a palindrome of factions, guys. And then a familiar name tosses the salad. Colin McDade comes in first with the new Necron book. There he is. Friend of the show. Always uh, find himself on top when it comes to uh, Texas area events. So. <laughs> you see the name of his list. Yes, his list makes me laugh because I've played against this list idea recently locally. And oh man, is it annoying. Um, at least it's 18 wraiths instead of 27 chickens. <laughs> Good point. So 
this band brought the Nightbringer, the Void Dragon, a single Hexmark Destroyer with no enhancements, it looks like. Nope. It is the Warlord, though. And Yep. And then a Technomancer with, I believe, the Infiltrating Enhancement, because it's Dimensional Sanctum. Um, two more Technomancers and a Transcendent Catan. Wow, that is over 600, maybe 700 points worth of <laughs> Star God, I will wreck your face. And then 18 Wraiths, as the list jokingly mentions. One little unit of Flayed Ones, a single Locust Heavy Destroyer, and then two minimum units of Tomb Blades, each of them with two Beamers and one with a Tesla Carbine. Well, real quick, that enhancement is to give Infiltrate. So I was right. Ha ha! So give one of the Wraith yep. units Infiltrate. So, really, yeah. you're the Necron expert. What do you think of this list? It's a list I would try if I had that many race. Um, I've got to be honest. I have a feeling that if people play this as heavily as I think they're going to, it's going to get nerfed before we hit February. Um, it's nice. It's everything you. It's it's everything you don't expect. Playing it against Necrons and as a Necron player, it's everything you want to play right now. Um, you can almost tell who the people that are fairly new to Necrons are because anybody who's new is going to complain about the race being good. Anybody who's been at it for a long time has probably already got a bunch of race. Yeah. I forgot to ask, what detachment is he running? It's a Coptic Court. So he does... Okay. Yep. So he has them in the power matrix and... So this actually leans into talking about the local game I had because it's the same exact idea. So, and comically, Colin mentions that it feels like 6th edition Necrons again. That's a note in his yep. list. But anyway, the, the idea of the 18 Wraiths, one having Infiltrate... And then having the scout moves off of the tomb blades means that on before you roll to see who goes first, um, given that you can touch the objectives from your deployment zone, it, you instantly get to set up the power matrix being in two thirds of the table. Yep. And sure, the stuff like the Catans don't benefit from it. Um, all of the other little things don't benefit from it, but what you care about is the wraiths. The wraiths only hit on fours, and giving them full rerolls to hit on even their guns is kind of obnoxious. My custodians, with my 18 Terminators, sure, an entire brick of terminators collides with a wraith unit and i get to think and i get to swing first that wraith unit will most likely evaporate because i did it with four terminators but i didn't kill a technomancer so the technomancer got to <laughs> screw right off into the corner of the table but they also have four wounds 
four wounds is the new magic number for I take two shots with two damage guns or I take two shots with three damage guns because there's nothing that really does four damage unless it's a random die. Yeah, I never thought about that. You're right. So there are three tar pits of 10 to 12 inch movement. I forget how fast they exactly move. I know it's double digits though. Um, 10 or 12 inch movement and they're T6. They've got a 10 inch movement. With Yeah, so 10 inch of four wounds, T6 with an invuln. 3 plus save, a 4 plus invuln save. You throw the, the uh, Technomancer in there to give them a, I think it's 5 or 6 plus, feel no pain. I think It'd be a 5, five plus. plus. Yeah, it's a 5 plus. So you turn these things into super effective tar pits that will devour whatever's in them eventually. That's interesting. That's very different than how they used to play. Um, they used to be kind of the shock troops before. Well, the other thing that's different about this list versus the local one that I played was if you bring this attachment and you bring immortals, you can get access to a really crazy, devastating wound break. So you don't need to be playing the Canoptic Court for that. Oh, because I thought the Mortal Wounds stratagem was in the Canoptic Court one. Hold on. That's the reason why I thought people were able to do that. Because basically, if you when you if you bring the new Overlord in that unit, they automatically they automatically advance six, so the Immortals get to go eleven inches. Test the carbines are assault weapons. Um, if you slap a Plasmancer in there, they get critical hits on fives. So they get sustained hits two on fives and sixes. Oh, that one, okay. And <coughs> I see where it's going. Sorry. And and then, yeah, you use the devastating wounds thing, and it, it just pumps out so many devastating wounds. They're all one damage. So it's just like death by paper cuts. Yeah. Um, I think you'll, I think anytime you see people who are still going to use immortals, even in the other detachments are still going to run one, run them with the plasmancer just for that five plus, uh, critical hit. Yeah, and that makes sense. But the efficiency of the Immortals in the Canoptic Court is a little... A little out yeah, there. Um, that's a lot for... It's um, a lot to put on that two, that two command point strat. Oh, and, and let's not forget that Immortals naturally reroll ones to wound, and if, you're, if their target is on an objective, they get full rerolls to wound. Yeah, that's on the actual data slate, right? Yep, that's an actual immortal thing. So that that little unit also only costs like two hundred and ninety points or something like that. Yeah, it's one forty for the immortal, and then it's like fifty five for the plasmancer. I think. Yeah, um, it's it's dirt cheap. Yeah. 
It's it's cheap. It's but not. It's, it is a bit of a glass cannon. Yeah, that part of the list is, but the important part of the list is, in fact, all of the oh, wraiths because all. they are all like you're dedicating six hundred and six hundred and sixty points to eighteen wraiths that are going to walk up onto the objective, tar pit your opponent, and eventually eat them with their twenty four attacks of strength six AP two two damage. Yeah. And then let's not even begin adding in the craziness that is the Catan shards. <laughs> now, Blech. if if I were to uh, describe this list in the shortest possible way, I would I would say it is the I don't care that you nerfed my reanimation protocols. Sink down onto a tar pit that they don't need me. <laughs> some of the new reanimation to keep him in play? Oh, this this unit is going to... This army has still got plenty of reanimation going on, but mm -hmm. this isn't going to... This doesn't utilize any of the tricks to in, increase it. It just utilizes the idea of I'm just going to make my stuff tougher to kill in the first place. Right. Yeah, it's it pulls the same idea as my eighteen Aloris list, where instead of walking around with a whole bunch of extra T toughness six wounds, I might as well walk around with toughness seven wounds. Sure, I move slower, but I am now out. I am now up into the next bracket of to wound rolls. Yeah, good point. Rates? Did they gain the uh, vehicle keyword? Are they monsters? No, yeah, they're beasts. They don't have the vehicle. Um, I think the only Canoptic um, model that has a vehicle is the Doomstalker. Maybe the Reanimator. Yeah, the Reanimator does. I know the, Doom, the Doomstalker does. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that between the Scarabs and Wraiths, they're able to still just walk through buildings. Yeah, it's right. For some reason, the Wraiths and the Scarabs are the only ones that don't have the, the, um, the vehicle keyword. Well, yeah, it makes sense. They're they're the ones that go through like the fine mesh of the tomb, whereas the other things are a little bit bigger. But well, the rates are, yeah, and, rates actually phase in and out, so that was always their claim to fame when they first came out. Yeah, that's how they get into the fine mesh of things, <laughs> and then they pop up in you, and you just kind of explode because hey, guess what? Now there's a wraith inside of you. Ah. So I, I like the list. It's as much as I don't like one note lists. It's a very solid note because it does exactly what you want it to do. The wraiths are going to hold stuff in place for a good minute. And then your shards are going to come up and clean the rest of the army that the wraiths didn't eat for breakfast. Yeah. And realistically speaking, if we, if we're talking Necrons and, the upper echelons of these tournaments going into next year. I expect it'll be all about the Canoptic Court. Yeah. The one that cl falls close behind is the Nefrek themed one. So the one that lets you like teleport yeah, and stuff. The one that, yeah, the Hypercrypt, that's what it's called. The one that kind of says, hey, bring a monolith. It makes the detachment really, really fun. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know that I've heard of I heard of any lists using that. Um, but it's definitely probably going to be a strong one for anybody who can't get their hands on race right now. Yeah, it, it's because of the free mobility that the detachment gives you with the automatic automatic advancing of six and whatnot. Yeah, I'm going down this tournament at all the Necron players just to see what I see. And uh, three Canoptic courts so far, one Hypercrypt. And even, yeah. he's, even he brought 18 race. Because they can benefit. Right. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, I've been playing Necrons since 6th edition, and they were using the 5th edition codex. And the entire time, with a very small exception, race have been like one of the units that you want to have in your like the first thing you put in the army there are people who I'm going to make a Necron army what's the first thing you put in? Max amount of race well I mean it makes sense when something works it works yeah but otherwise yeah those are the only events that we had this weekend it was a pretty quiet thing coming up to the holiday weekends yeah, no surprise. I was actually surprised there was that many events to begin with, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, kind of the, the winding down for the holiday season and then the grand ramp up for uh, LBO once we get start to January. So I'd be curious to see people have two, three weeks to kind of woodshed some new ideas. And I think Ray hit it on the head earlier. There's a lot of folks that have been talking about the Hyperface Crypt, but haven't seen it on the table yet, so I'll be curious to see just how good it is and who's able to pilot it to success at that point. Well, I I firmly believe it's the same kind of idea that happened with the Space Marines and the Tyranids. Everyone focused in on that one detachment that is just utterly insane. Like, Tyranids, it was three were kind of the, oh yeah, these are all really good but then people started landing on, yep, just just take the Nexus. The Nexus is the best one. And then Space Marines, the depending on how you want to play your Marines, the Iron Storm Spearhead is by far one of the best ones that I've seen with the Vanguard detachment being a second place because it's sneakier. It doesn't it makes you it makes you less shooty in theory, but you get to be kind of all over the place. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, just real quick for the record, eight Necron players at this event, seven went up to court. All of them had race. Not surprised <laughs> at all. Well, I guess I should be surprised with how many race they were able to find. Well, I, Not the fact I, that they have them, the fact that they found them. Well, I got, like I said, uh, anybody who's playing been playing Necron since, I mean, anything more than just a single edition has probably got at least was probably sitting on at least nine, um, unless they were just like me and like di purposely didn't collect them for a reason. 
So I will say it again. You're welcome, Eric. Yeah, you have a little pile of gold. <laughs> oh, I was excited about it because uh, the rates I had were the original metal ones, which were tiny and spindly. And you can still use um, those models now. They're just Ophidian destroyers. They're Ophidian <laughs> destroyers now. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, they were back in the, even that edition. You know, when they first came out back in second, they were they were pretty powerful. You know, they they were they counted as jet bikes and. They're one of the few models I could go through because you could go through any terrain. So people, uh, especially when people used hills a lot more than ruins, it was one of those things where I'm safe on the other side. No, you're not. One 12 inch move. <laughs> yep. So those are pretty cool. Yeah, I still have a bunch of those. I got the new ones. So I'm excited because those things look like a pain in the butt to put together. They're not bad. But yeah, all right. So, quick looking at while we're talking about the tournaments, uh, the mid table obscurity. This is where we go over who are the most prevalent factions at the tables going three and two, and two and three. And no change at the top, but at least the top two, but the three through five rankings, very curious. So, uh, Space Marines and Eldari still remain the most prevalent armies, even in the mid table, as well as the. Um, top tables. Uh, Space Marines have gotten seven tournament wins since the balanced data slate landed. Eldari have 11. In third place, Space Marines, 12 wins, and they make up roughly 7%, so a little less than the uh, Space Marines and Eldari among the mid-tables, but then it drops like a stone. This is bizarre to me. Uh, whereas in the past, you think of, when you think of top armies, you think of Leagues of OTAN, uh, Black Templars have definitely made a rise, and then all of a sudden there's this big splash of uh, Adeptosaurus players all of a sudden leaping to the top. Apparently, they just bypass the mid tables; <laughs> they, they don't exist there. Uh, the uh, Sauratos being the smallest, being only two percent of the meta in the mid tables. Instead, you're going to find Tyranids, Orcs, and Chaos Knights. Makes a whole bunch of sense to me. Yeah. And specifically, if you're talking, there's another weird case. Um, most common list you'll see is Invasion Fleet, but the most successful army, which almost appears, never appears in the mid table, only appears at the top tables, Assimilation Swarm. Yeah, that's kind of out of the blue. I thought that was bizarre. <laughs> so if you look at, make sure I'm reading this correctly. 25% of Assimilation Swarms went 4-0, so they are bypassing the mid-tables completely, followed closely by Vanguard Assault at 8%. And then, but the event winners, which won three events, were all Invasion Fleets. Okay, so I spoke out of turn, because Synaptic Nexus is the one that I saw cropping up for a good minute there. But yeah, Invasion Fleet is just kind of awesome, I guess. I guess so. And let's take a look at the uh, Necrons. They're all the way down at 7th place in the mid-tables. So we may not have to deal with the uh, pesky Necrons too often. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, well, I think that's to both of you guys' points. Players who have Necrons, and there's a lot of them because Necrons were, are very strong at team events. Mm -hmm. There we go. Um, mostly seen, yeah, just Awaken Dynasty. The new new stuff hasn't hit yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, so, yeah. I, that's interesting. I know. I know one other thing that we can touch on, because Mid-Table Obscurity is definitely a nice place to be, because you get to meet some of the friendliest people in the middle tables. <laughs> that is yeah. true. 
Not that the top tables are mean, but it's yeah. <laughs> I would say top tables aren't mean. They're uh, people can get very focused on trying to do as well as possible. Um, the bottom tables aren't mean. Sometimes you find some salty people there, but right smack in the middle yeah. is where you find the people who are. They're not trying. A lot of times they're not trying to be competitive. They're just having a good time. They're like three or four buckets of beer in. <laughs> Especially around the end. I mean, they share, but they've taken like 75% of the beer. But what I was actually getting at before I went back on topic <laughs> was the, the advent calendar stuff. There's been seven other things that have been added to well, a lot of other things that have been added to it. Um, do, 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 do. Starting with... T- we'll go ahead and do it backwards. Today is a pair of horse hooves. Yeah, so question for you. Is that Age of Sigmar or perhaps something astro-military? Seeing as they already made a new Rough Rider model, I think it's Age of Sigmar. Yeah, my gut first said, eh, it's Age of Sigmar, but then when we talk about some of the other teases, I'm gone thinking like, hmm, Astro Militarum seem to be getting some new models. Yeah. I think this is purely fantasy-based. Yeah. Because we also can't factor out the old world uh-huh. as well. Oh, yes. Because that... <laughs> well, you can, but the buyers can't. Um, and then from here, we'll just kind of go down the the list because I'm not going to try and follow it, find all the articles separately. Um, this new, what looks like Space Marine um, sword scabbard is new. That is very much a a Space Marine sheath. Because it has a skull. Yeah. like Space Marines and their sheaths have a whole bunch of buckles on there for no reason. Okay. Oh, you see, you think that's nah, a sheath. I think that's actually something that's on top of like a, uh, like a the, the handle part of a pole arm or something along those lines. That's what I think that is. Oh, the only reason why I say it's a sheath is because I can see the ornate detailing down in the bottom right corner, and that's usually something that they put on the end of a sheath. I, I, honestly, I think that's um that bottom right there is uh basically unpainted. Mm. Wood. Well, whatever it is, we shall know when they finally release it, or it might take two years, like the Translocation Overlord. <laughs> um, then the other new one is definitely a banner of some kind with bullet holes. <laughs> that one is most definitely Imperial Guard. Because <laughs> I don't think anyone else waves a flag that big. They got to overcompensate for the T3. Eh. Also, their flashlights. Then the other new one is this lantern. That one's most likely Sigmar or Old World. Because I don't think... Oh, no. There's a handful of 40k models that carry around a lantern in some way. Yeah, for some reason I got a Skaven vibe off of those, though. Yeah, it, well, Skaven, it would be dirtier. That one's well put together. <laughs> you might have a point there. Uh, then there's one that's clear as detail. It's a Storm Bolter. Yeah, and I've heard, yeah. I've heard two theories on what, on, well, 
what models it could be belong to. I was about to ask. You think it's new Terminators uh, again? So there have been rumors that along with the new Deathwing uh, Knights, there'd be a new Belial. And it does look quite a bit like his mm. uh, Storm Boulder. Yeah. And then... Yeah, because it has the, also, the yeah. details on it. But there's also a rumor going around that it's actually Yarix and that he's not going to be... That he's going to come back, basically. <laughs> Make all of the Orc and Guard players happy. Yeah. I've heard the Yarix one a couple times as well. It's apparently the banner as well as one of the earlier Servo Skulls we saw. Supposedly are all... All Yarg. So I was like, hmm, okay. Uh, and then another new one is definitely a Sigmar thing, because I don't think any 40k army has a dented metal bomb with a freaking fuse on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. So I thought maybe Skaven again, but usually... Oh, that one is definitely probably Skaven. Okay. And then the last new one is this. It's it's an arm that is most definitely an arm because I can see the hand shape carrying around a stick. Hmm. I'll say Sigmar. Oh, that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Sigmar. Yep. I do like their pun, though. Is it an arm holding a staff, or is it a staff holding an arm? <laughs> I like their little pun. But, yeah, those are all of the new Advent reveals. Obviously, we won't know until they come out eventually. Because, yeah, sometimes it takes a couple days. Sometimes it takes a couple years. <laughs> I'm feeling we're going to get another big reveal at LVO, so that might might open up some of these what they are calling it right now primark level yarrick he's that mad <laughs> beats up a gargon by himself <laughs> well he'll eventually be big enough to take on gasgol as a proper crumpin buddy Someday. i mean come on I'm trying to remember is astro militarum in the uh, roadmap that they showed no. So it might be the redacted codex that they talked about? Maybe. I don't think that's going to be the case, but that's just me. Because I have a feeling that the redacted codex is going to be probably another Space Marine chapter. If not that, then it is going to be be demons. Okay. Ray, what are your thoughts? So, it, if it's not something that's totally brand new, in which case you can make any guess from Emperor's Children to they're finally bringing the fraud into the game to any other thing. Um... <clears throat> I actually think it might be Votan. And the biggest reason I say that is because they would. It, my thought process is 
the new cover would be showing something that's totally new to the faction, and they wouldn't want to show that off too soon. Ooh, I like your logic there. Because going off of what we've seen in the past, when you get a whole new faction, it's the second edition that they're out is when they get, like, double the amount of models that they start with. Yeah, it's a good idea. I didn't think about that yet. It'd be right smack on the cover. You're like, hey, what is that? And, um, yeah, maybe a good reason not to show you the cover. Makes sense. Yep. Or they could be touching on a faction that's getting, like, a complete revamp, like how... Necrons did with updated warriors. Well, not warriors, but uh, ne- Necrons got a big glow up for ninth. Uh, Tyranids got a big glow up for tenth. Although we're seeing other glow ups, you know, um, Eldari have been getting models here and there. Um, we're seeing a glow up for Dark Angels. Even though, yes, technically they're also Space Marines, so they're always getting stuff. Mm-hmm. But we certainly got a lot more um, updated stuff for them in the last, well, the, well, with this edition, than what we've seen for any other chapter. I mean, sure, we got two characters for Blood Angels last edition, but this edition, we've got, well, basically the last two editions, we've gotten, um, what, three characters that are unique to them maybe even four counting what's already been shown off yeah i mean there's a point it's a, there's a reason why it's the redacted codex because they want us to speculate i do like there's still quite a bit of speculation around it it is a brand new faction um whether it be herod uh, the leading candidate seems to be dark mechanicus but um, which I think would be interesting because would they just be a lot of Forge Fiends and Mother Fiends and then a few new models? What, are, what would that look like? So, as long as they don't try to go off of like what they did with Knights where it's just Mechanicus and you pretend they're spikier. Yeah. Well, I will say this and all the listeners can prove me wrong. If it is Dark Mechanicus my orcs will be leaving my shelf for them. (laughs) (laughs) No, that'd be pretty exciting. They've always intrigued me. They're definitely one of the factions. I was like, ooh, that'd be cool someday. So. Yep, and it's the same issue as my Necrons. My orcs haven't hit the table in a very, very long time. So... I would much rather them get played by someone that will actually use them as much as I love my Gazgol and I love my my Makari. I'd rather they see the table than the dusty shelf. Yeah. All right. So any uh, other bold predictions for the new year when it comes to Warhammer? You're going to win a tournament, Eric feeling it i appreciate you saying that because um getting a lot more practice games in starting to feel it starting to see some 
lists that are similar to mine doing very well on the tournament circuit. So that tells me the list isn't holding me back, that there is opportunity. It's just a matter of skill level. So that I just need to practice it and keep going. There was even another list I saw in an Australian tournament that um, took even more fat out of the list. I kind of went, ooh, I might try that. But um, unfortunately, it requires models that not only do I not have, but they're not available um, in the open market. So I'm like, Brr. but um... yeah, um, I would like to try and win a tournament next year. But I definitely think that I need to stop list hopping and just play one list for a good minute. Ray, I'm sure you have something to say about that. I am proud to say I have played the same army every game that I've played since 10th edition came out. Thank you. <laughs> um, proud of you for that. I was really excited to see this, everything for the Necrons, so my hope is to play Necrons all year next year. Um, that being said, I've been having some issues finding an, a list that I'm happy with starting. I said I don't have the race to do the Canopic Court, so I have had to like look at a slightly different list idea. Um, if I can't figure out a good list with them, uh, then I will look to one of my other armies. Uh, regardless, whatever army I play will coming out of the gates at the beginning of the year, I'm committing myself to stick to that army the whole year. Robert, how about you? Um, I am... I'm still happy playing Custodes. The 18 Terminator idea, super rewarding when it works well. But I think I am going to pivot back to only having 10 Terminators and a couple of Grav Tanks just so that way I have diversity in my roster. Unless, you know, the book is like utterly crazy and I'm 18 Terminators is the best thing in the world. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely the same kind of thing that after LVO, I'm going to once again try to stick to one faction and really, really hone in on playing that faction effectively. Because this year I've been kind of slacking. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, for me, uh, first and foremost, I uh, really want to finish off the terrain because more people benefit from the terrain I've been working on than me working on my single army. And sent you guys a couple pictures of some works in progress. So Yeah, those look really cool. Yeah. So some new materials. Uh, unfortunately, some of the building materials I've used in the past is been unavailable and um, so had to branch off into some new materials. So now uh, the building part of it is worked out great. The next part is now uh, to do some testing on painting. So how much do I have to seal it ahead of time? Can I just go right to it and see how it reacts? So, so you're saying your wife wouldn't let you play with the caulk and the soda cans anymore, huh? <laughs> well, she doesn't mind because it all comes out of recycling bin, so she doesn't care. Matter of fact, she's even trained to say, "Am I supposed to throw out this box?" So you can throw that box out. <laughs> <laughs> but 
uh, yeah, that's uh, some of the new stuff is starting to look pretty good. Trying to cut. I think the key thing, which has been a, a challenge, is what I want to do is be able to come up with a piece and not have to explain it. Like it just, I purposely been sending the pictures out without captions, so they go, "Oh, that's Mechanicus. That's Necron. That's this." And um, hopefully that's getting captured because it's uh, it's a little more complicated than like the difference between like a cover band and a tribute band. You know, a cover band just plays the song. The tribute band, they they look the part, they they act the part as well as play the songs. So, mm -hmm. and there seems to be a glut of video games right now out for 40k, and I'm looking at all their scenics and getting some terrain ideas. And I'm going, and that's one of the things that strikes me. I have no idea if the game's any good or not, but boy, it, you know you're playing in the 41st millennium. There's there's it's unmistakable. You know what faction or what territory you're playing in. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, some of the like. One of the ones I've got, um, I haven't played lately, but I've really enjoyed. I don't remember which name it is because there's so many at this point. Um, one of the ones for the computer. And then I'm also excited to, for the Space Marine 2, which is going to be a while. Um, yeah, I got delayed. That being so stuff, it, I, I, at the same time, I can't, can't help but wonder if it was done on purpose. Because one of the big bads is Thousand Sons. Which Chaos God do they follow? Zinch. What's the release date uh, September, for I think. the game? Uh-huh, September. Don't tell me it's September 9th. It is. Now, see, see, it would be amazing... Well, it'd be amazingly funny if they, again, not saying push it back an entire another year, but if they released it on September 9th of 2025, because 2 plus 2 plus 5 is 9. Interesting. I don't think they thought that far, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, it, it, uh, it's better because if you actually add all the numbers together... And then you take that number, that'll be two digits, and then add the first digit to the second digit, you will get nine. Yeah, because nine, eighteen, twenty-two, twenty-seven equals nine. <laughs> Eric, you're a host of a podcast with two really, really strange people. <laughs> so it makes the podcast special. Are you sure we're not crazy? No, not, but that's what kind of fun with it. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Ray is just funny. I'm probably a little loony. Just a little, but it works out. <laughs> but anyway, so that is um, kind of the wrap-up for the week and uh, for the year. Says, uh, you know, uh, I will edit this podcast and put on my cap and lay myself down for a long winter's nap. And, uh, be taking the next few weeks off. Uh, both our two next two recording nights fall on the holiday, so we will be back in uh, January to kind of pick up the where we left off on the calendar event, the advent calendar, and um, get ready for LVO. So, yep, I have a lot of painting to do. <laughs> and then we also have there was a Festivus of the Rest of Us uh, event coming up on the thirtieth, so that will happen before our next recording. Yeah, I wish I could make that, but I can't. 
And of course, don't forget to, to buy your tickets for Scorched Earth Open. They they still are selling at a brisk pace, so there's a good chance you could be almost sold out by the time we get back on the air. So make sure to check yep. that out. I bought mine while we were on air last week. Cool. I need to yeah purchase mine still. Totally forgot about that. Yep. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to bring the custodians. Good. I'm most likely going to bring Drew Kari. I'm pretty much going to stick with them. The only thing I'm worried about why I say I may switch is um, I do not predict a Drew Kari Codex coming out anytime soon. Like I'm anticipating summer of 2025. It's my gut. As well as a few sources we have tell me that as well. And well, I'm not so much yeah. worried about not playing the same army. It is the the sameness, you know, if things don't change enough from the balance status late, I could be like, yep, same, same list. <laughs> well, I mean, you got Necrons, you got time to practice. I, do. I got a paint scheme for them, too. So, yeah, don't be like me and actually get that done. <laughs> <laughs> I think I finally decided what I'm doing with my Drukari, just kind of try to get a unified theme going because I still have the the batch I painted initially, the hurry up batch for last time I went to LVO, and then the new batch when Ninth Edition came out. I'm like they, they don't have a very unified look. <laughs> no, but it works in the idea of like multiple waves of yeah, combat. It does. But it's not winning me any uh, best appearance scores, that's for sure. Yeah. Otherwise, I think those are all pretty healthy goals for us for the end of the year, yeah. going into the next year and next season. I would agree with that as well. So um, to all of you listening out there, have a wonderful holiday. And uh, my name's Eric. I'm Raymond. I'm Robert. And thank you for listening to the Exterminus Podcast. Have a great holiday. We'll see you in 2024. Hey, listeners. This is Raymond with the Exterminus Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me, and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR Cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models, and if you when you order, they come fast, the order is right, and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus Podcast. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza, decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from reddukegames.com, and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time, and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play in D. So, 
if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook.